Hi, everyone. Welcome to They Had Fun. I'm Rachel, and I am back with another amazing story about New York City. And this weekend in New York City, my God. Saturday, when I finished the day, I was like, if you don't fall in love with New York City on a day like today, something is truly wrong with you. First of all, it was 58 degrees, which is unseasonably warm, inappropriate, blah, 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 all of that. So I don't know. I love to just tell you guys sometimes everything I do because sometimes I don't think people believe me when I'm like, I really do all of this shit. So let's just go through my Saturday because it was a blast and I hope it inspires you as always. First up, took the train into Soho with my husband. We were going to go check out a few galleries in Tribeca, but I had remembered that the new Italy had opened. So I was like, let's go swing by there. Popped over there, walked around. It was great. It's not as good as the Flatiron location. You guys know I love it there. So it's in the neighborhood if you need to go somewhere. That's all I'll say about that. Okay. But then we remembered our friends were celebrating a 40th birthday at Balthazar for brunch. So we texted them, hey, can we pop in and say hi to you guys? Of course, of course. They have like a primo table, sit down with them, have a glass of wine. So much fun. It's just so buzzy in there. I don't care what anyone says about Balthazar. It is such a good energy in that room. Okay, then we walked over to Tribeca, did a lap over there, stopped at a few galleries. Oh my God, the show we saw at Charles Moffat, that gallery, however you pronounce it. Incredible, amazing. These are just like little, almost they feel like tucked away galleries. And like, obviously anyone can go to them, but there wasn't like some big, huge house in Chelsea. It was just very interesting. One of them, you had to like go down in the basement, love something like that. Great time. Walked our way back up to spring. Of course, my husband was like, let's go to Ear Inn, pop in there. Now, this is where the story takes a turn for the, uh, I don't know, interesting, whatever it is. Saddled up at the bar at the ear in, of course, you know how I like to do it. Then what else do you think starts happening? I have a few drinks. I start talking to some fellow patrons. Always one of my favorite things to do. Happen to sit next to this couple who had just moved to New York within the last two years. Okay, let's get very excited about something like that. Ask them why they move here. Well, they just love it. They had always dreamed about it. They always wanted to do it. Okay, for reference, these people are like mid-40s. So it's like even better Everything they're saying, they're like, you know, do you guys love it here so much? I'm like, you have stumbled upon the correct person to have this conversation with because I will go wild with you about New York City pound for pound for the next hour if you will let me. We're just talking. We're having the best time. The bartender who's kind of like truly cantankerous most of the time was like being so nice to me for the first time ever. Having a blast, drink after drink, beautiful outside. I just love that location. And then this lady tells me that she... With how much she loves New York City and why she... Anyways, she's never ridden the subway. That is just... You guys know how I feel about mass transit in the city. I could not believe it. So I tried to do... You, I am so judgy and so opinionated about mass transit. I started to freak out and then I was like, okay, maybe do you have like a fear? Like I don't want to like judge any fears you might have. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not scared. Okay, uh, is it like a safety thing? Is it like you're concerned there's going to be like a crash? She's like, no, 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 not at all. That doesn't bother me. I'm like, okay, where where are we landing here? And she's like, no, I just don't want to do it. Like it's not, it's not like posh enough, essentially. And I'm like, okay, now we're in the throes of a conversation here where I am going to judge you because that is absolutely ridiculous. I'm like, what have you done in two years to get places? And her husband's like kind of upset about this. Also, apologies to them if they hear this because I did tell them about the show. And they were so lovely and I hope to hang out with them again. I just found this phenomenon very interesting uh, and had to talk about it. Sorry. Love you guys. So then I'm just like, well, how do you get everywhere? And and her husband is like, oh, we don't really go many places outside of downtown, which is 
it's like, okay, whatever. Interesting. You're missing out on like huge swaths of the city here. Also, anytime we do go somewhere, we take a car and you know, that's when I lost it. I'm like, come on. What, what about a bus? No, we'll not take the bus either. City bike. Don't feel safe. That one was a no safe. I'm like, guys, we got to get you out there. I don't know where this story is ending in this introduction to the show, but I'm just saying that was a new one for me. I don't think I've maybe met one person my entire time in New York City who doesn't take the subway, but even they had taken it. So I just was like, yeah, there's nowhere for this story to end other than I was blown away. They were lovely, but that is a weird stance to take. If you are hearing this, are you as shocked as me? I don't know. Also, like, don't, go take the subway. You know, last week, my Rachel's wreck was take the bus. I mean, it was that was an interesting pair for me to land upon. OK, so that's my story that leads to nowhere except right into my Rachel's wrecks, because last week it was the bus. It specifically was mass transit. I, the ferry. She hadn't taken the ferry. Okay. Anyways. All right. Here we go. Let's get into my Rachel's Rex for this week. As we know, last month was budget month. That is now over. We are moving into a new theme for this month. Moving forward, we're not going to have a theme every month, but it did seem appropriate for the month of December because I asked you guys on Instagram, and what do you think everyone's holiday shopping, holiday decor, holiday bars that aren't packed, holiday last minute gifts. I mean, I knew it was going to happen, so I loved seeing it. So of course, the month of December, our Rachel's Rex will be holiday themed. And I guess that can kind of be anything I decide. I don't know. In my mind for this first one, I thought I'm going to put together the perfect little holiday date for you. Go by yourself, go with a friend, go with your loved one, do whatever you want. But this would be a cute little night to just go in New York City and do something holiday-ish. So number one, seeing It's a Wonderful Life at IFC Center on 6th Avenue. They do this every year. It is a gem of a New York City thing to do. I did it, I think, a couple, two years ago. They're showing it December 8th through the 25th. Plenty of opportunities for you to go see this. Some days have multiple showings. When I went, I it just felt so special. You know, I love going to IFC. I think it's one of the best theaters we have in the city. Plus, you're seeing this old-timey movie. Plus, it's super Christmassy. It just feels so special Please go check that out. This is going to lead me into Rachel's Rec number two. You could do this pre or post depending what time you're going to see the movie, but I am suggesting you go to John's on Bleecker for pizza before or after. This is one of my favorite pizzas in the city. Found out recently from a friend who has lived here for a very long time that they've never been to John's. Wild. It's like a four minute walk from IFC. It's delicious, wonderful pizza. They don't do any slices. You need to go there. And here, here's the thing. They're not taking reservations or anything. So you got to go there. You got to put your name in. This is why it's perfect to do it before or after the movie. Say you're seeing like a seven o'clock movie. You could get there like at five, probably won't be a huge line. Then you could go see the movie. Or if you see the seven o'clock movie, you're done like at nine-ish. You get over there at 9.15, probably not going to be a line. So this is a good way to kind of like put these together, have a cute little night. You got a movie at IFC. You got pizza in New York City. It's festive. It's cute. You got the little walk as you go there in the West Village. I mean, doesn't that sound fun? I want I want to do that. And I've done it before. That's so funny. I have done this night before. Those are my two Rachel's Rex for you. What a lovely holiday little day that could be for you. Okay, as if this intro hasn't been probably the longest one I've ever done for the show because I had to tell you that tale, let's get into my guest for today. Now, I specifically waited to do this guest for the holiday season, and you will hear why a little bit, but unfortunately, he is not doing any performances this holiday season in the city, but that's okay. I'm hoping you will hear this and it will inspire you to go see some other holiday musical performance, and you'll hear why when we start chatting. 
But very importantly, my guest has a new album coming out on February 16th. So mark your calendars, save the date. This is going to be his debut album. I am so excited for this. He already has a single out called Ride or Die. You can find it on his website. You can find it on his Instagram. It is on YouTube. I absolutely love it. I've listened to it so many times. If you are a jazz fan, this is the single for you. This is the album for you. And this is the episode for you because we have one of the best and I am so excited. He is a jazz musician. He is a trumpeter and he is a New Yorker. Please welcome to the show, Riley Mulherker. Hello, it is good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for being on. I am very excited to talk to you about your illustrious music career in New York City. I am a fan and I personally have seen you, I think maybe four times at Riley's Red Hot Holidays at Jazz at Lincoln Center. Four times. I think so. Maybe more. I'd have to go back you and look. You might have the record. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt it, but I I love going. It's one of my favorite events of the holiday season. You know, there's a lot of musical options throughout the city during the holidays, but the format of yours, the fun of yours, to be honest, not even to be cheesy. I just love it so much. The view looking out of the room, you guys who are leading the band are just so charismatic. It's just so great. So that is how I found out about you. And I love your music. Well, thank you so much. And I'm so glad (laughs) You stumbled into Dizzy's Club at Jazz Lincoln Center whenever that was that you first found us. It's wonderful to to reconnect. I guess we could talk a bit about all of your music career, but I specifically, just as a fan of that, would love to know how you came up with Riley's Red Hot Holidays, why sort of a fun Christmas, a little like do it up jazzy. How did it all start? I guess the origin is that I've always had like a very guilty soft spot for Christmas music. (laughs) I feel like people either love it or hate it. And I've always loved it. Same. Um, And I'm a jazz musician. So there's a lot of great jazz music that comes from, you know, the Christmas time. And I also think there's something special about playing songs that people know and connect with. Because a lot of times these days, people don't know a lot of the great standards from the great American songbooks, maybe one person in a room of 50. But if it's December and it's a Christmas song, everyone's going to have a relationship to that song. Yeah. But that show, it really started, I'd been in New York for a few years. I was studying at Juilliard and Wynton Marsalis was a close mentor of mine. Oh my And gosh. he used to do this annual Christmas show and it was at Brooks Brothers. It was like a charity fundraiser event for St. Jude's Hospital. So one year he asked me to be the musical director of his show. Him and I put it together and I hired a bunch of friends and we had a great time doing the show at Brooks Brothers, but we always wanted to do more. And like we would just do it at this one charity event. So that's when Jazz at Lincoln Center invited me to bring it into the club. At Brooks Brothers, it was always billed as Wynton Marsalis. And, but when I was taking it to Dizzy's Club at Jazz at Lincoln Center, they said, okay, you need a new name now. You need a name for the show. So that's how we came up with Riley's Red Hot Holidays. And, you know, we I've had such a blast doing that show over the years. It really is a blast. We're really working on like a level of sophistication here that we don't often have on They Had Fun. No, nothing, no (laughs) diss against the rest of my guests. I love everyone. But like, you're just like casually dropping Wynton Marsalis, like one of the greats of all time of jazz music, let alone New York City musicians. Right, New Yorker. And that you kind of worked under his tutelage, if that's the right word. just so interesting. And I just think it's one of the great things about New York. And I also think that story of you taking that on while you're successful as a musician in your own right, I just think it's such a New Yorker thing to see someone who's on your path and to help them. I think a lot of times people think that New Yorkers would 
be out for themselves. But I often find that New Yorkers are really as helpful as possible and want to promote like the new generation. So hearing that story just it makes me so happy to know that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I think that's why people come to New York to connect with older generations, because you have so many people here, whether it's music, whether it's any art form or, or almost anything at all. You have people here who are masters of it. And I think that exchange happens in New York more than anywhere else I can think of. I have to agree with you. OK, perfectly timing it out for me talking about moving to New York and all of those okay. things. Let's get started with our first questions of the show, which is always, when did you move to New York? I moved to New York in the fall of 2010. And it was a very sort of traditional way to move to New York because I was just going to college. Well, I don't know if it's just you did mention Juilliard. So it's, it's a big one. So yeah, I was, I was studying Juilliard, but it was just, you know, like a freshman kid coming to orientation and moving into the dorms. But I've been here ever since. So it's coming up on 13 years now. And how did that feel on arrival? Were you like, this is it? I finally made it to this dream space. Or were you a terrified young kid who's like, what have I gotten myself into? You know, I think because I had the shelter of school. I didn't even really soak in or come to terms with the fact that I was in New York City. I was really just thinking about school and I was very scared and intimidated of being at Juilliard. So I was practicing all the time. They had practice rooms in the dorms. So I would just spend hours in there. And and actually, the funny thing is there was a path that connected the dorms to the school because they're right next to each other at Lincoln Center on mm -hmm. 65th Street. So I would go days without even stepping on the sidewalk, walking into New York City. I would I would just be like living at school, which in some ways was healthy for me because it eased the transition because to come to New York when you're 18 years old, it's a lot. Yeah. And so I think it helped me ease the transition into what it actually meant to live in the city. But it definitely took me a little time to really explore more than a few blocks. <laughs> First, I would go down to Columbus Circle and I'd be like, oh, wow, Central Park is really beautiful. I can go on runs there. And then I had friends who would live in Harlem. So I would go up there. You know, I would go to Brooklyn once and think it was some like epic journey. So yeah, it definitely took me some time. Yeah, I think it's a little bit different than what we've heard before. And of course, it naturally, it makes sense. You're at Juilliard, one of the most competitive music schools in the world. You're here for a reason, probably an art that you've studied for many years in your life. It makes sense that you'd be ping ponging between these two facilities and being like, this is what I'm seeing. But I love to hear that there was this gradual like, get out there. What can I see? I'm assuming at some point you start gallivanting off into, you know, music venues to start seeing right. people. Right. I mean, I wrote like one of the classic places for all jazz musicians to go is the club Smalls in the village. Yes. Great, great club. Love it's the home of many a jam session. So pretty much every night and it's a jam session, which means that, you know, anyone can go in with their instrument and sit in and, and play. But it, it also can be a very scary or intimidating thing to do because you never know who's going to be playing. You never know who might be in the audience. So there was one night I was I was actually seeing a concert of Winton's at Jazz at Lincoln Center. And after the concert was over, a friend of mine took me down to Smalls and I had my horn with me because like the rule of thumb especially when you're young in New York, is always have your horn with you because you never know what's going to happen. And so I get down to Smalls and it was so great. I mean, I was so scared. Aww. You know, I got on my horn and, and one of my other trumpet heroes was playing. And then here he was just at the club. And here I was going up play a duet with him. So I still remember the song we played and it was a great way to sort of be thrown into the deep end. Oh my gosh, I just have the chills right now. Just hearing <laughs> that story of that's another thing that New York can bring to us is just you're playing with one of your idols. Wow. Right. I don't know. It's just so fascinating. And I think it's so cool. And I love that. And our second question is always, why did you move to New York? And obviously for you, it's you for you to go to Juilliard. A lot of times the follow-up is, yeah. okay, but why did you pick New York instead of somewhere else? But again, we kind of were like, well, it's Juilliard. But is there a reason that you wanted to be in New York 
other than, you know, maybe some other great city that jazz is known for. Yeah. And I and I think like I, I knew people who moved out of New York after Juilliard was done, but I very much wanted to stay here just because for jazz music, especially there's so much history here. There's so much community here. Like last night I was playing at Birdland with one of my favorite drummers alive. The great Lewis Nash was drumming. I was with the Gil Evans project. Gil Evans is one of these great icons of jazz music who worked with Miles Davis. Wow. Obviously things like that can happen anywhere, but any New Yorker sort of knows that it's sort of par for the course in New York. I love hearing all these stories of you just continuously meeting these giant greats in your industry and just having such a great time. I think it's one of the best things about New York. Yes. And considering that you have had this illustrious career and all of these great times, I now have to ask you the most important question of the show. Okay. And that is Riley. What is the most fun you've ever had in New York City? I think the most fun I ever had was the day I auditioned for Juilliard. It was a crazy, crazy day. So I lived in Seattle. I grew up in Seattle. And they have all these really competitive high school jazz bands in Seattle. It's like the thing. And once a year, a lot of the best jazz bands from across the country come to New York City, come to Jazz at Lincoln Center for this big festival. It's like the Super Bowl of high school jazz. <laughs> so I, I was coming to New York, but also at that point, I hadn't known where I was going to study music. I didn't have a plan for college. One place that I thought would have been amazing to go to was Juilliard, but I had already applied and been rejected. So I was like, well, I'm not going to go to Juilliard. So where am I going to go? Really? But I did know I was going to New York in May for this big band festival. But then like a week or two before we were leaving for New York, a friend of mine who's actually in one of the main bands I'm in is called The Westerlies. He had gotten into Juilliard and they had told him after he got in that they actually hadn't filled all their trumpet slots. They asked him if he knew any trumpet players that might want to come to Juilliard, might want to audition. What? So he gave them my name. I going to love this. This back door, like, so you know anybody? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I got invited to audition, even though I, so I had like sent in a tape, they listened to it, they said no thanks. Oh my gosh. But then like round two, they said, okay, actually, if you're going to be in New York anyways, you can come <laughs> and you can audition. But I'm only in New York for like a couple of days and, you know, I'm with my high school band, so we're doing a million things. The one time I sort of have a break is after we perform. So the day starts, it's like early May of 2010 and I'm like a dweeby 18 year old jazz nerd <laughs> and we have like a morning we play at like 10 or 11 a.m at the big competition and it's my senior year I've been playing with all my friends for you know four years in the jazz band so it's just like big culminating moment and we go on stage and we just have like the best time and and the festival is so great because these students come from around the country. You meet all these other kids who love jazz and they end up being the kids that you go to school with. And there's people I met there that I still play with today and I'm friends with today. Aww. You're having the best time. We played. It was amazing. But while everyone else is hanging out at Jazz Lincoln Center right after the performance, I book it and I walk up like six blocks and I go straight to Juilliard. Like, oh my and I'd never been there before. So I'm, I'm like walking in being like, whoa, what is this place? And I go straight to this audition. And Juilliard auditions are sort of notorious for how sort of intimidating <laughs> they can be. Like a, a lot <laughs> of other imagine. schools, you'll audition for like a couple people. But for Juilliard, they'll bring out the whole faculty. And, and you know who each and every one of them are because they're all like right, jazz. Right. They've all got like little notepads. And it's just like silent in the room. Oh my gosh. Terrifying. Terrifying. And then also like, I don't think they do this anymore. They used to test you in the audition. So they would throw curveballs your way. You know, I had prepared a couple songs and I was so nervous, but I, I got through the songs I had prepared, but then they were throwing some things at me. Like they would ask me to play a song, but 
I didn't know this, but the rhythm section had been told to change keys. As each course went by, they would go to a new key, but I had been told what key they were going to be doing. So they were doing things like that just to see how I would react. And so I'm just like sweating bullets and I'm like, this isn't going well at all. I should have just stayed with my high school. So I finish the audition, the director of the program at the time, he says, you know, we really appreciate you coming all this way, taking a break from the festival. But I'm, I regret to tell you just right now that we do have a place for you in this program. And we'd like, oh, we get <laughs> <laughs> it's right. I'm so just on the spot, which also never happens because usually like you get a, you wait, you get a letter or whatever. So he just told me on the spot right then and there. Oh, my gosh. Like, oh, my gosh. I'm going to Juilliard. It felt like American <laughs> Idol or something. So I was like, wow. OK, thank you. But also, I have to run back to the competition now. I go see my friends. Yeah, so I ran out of Juilliard, and I ran back to the competition, and they were about to announce the finalists for the competition. I didn't even tell people what had just happened, because I was, like, trying to figure out what to do with the competition. Oh, my gosh. So I go straight to the announcement, and then they announce that my band has made it to the top three bands for the competition. So I have another concert to play that night. So, so like, wild. it was like morning concert, afternoon audition, and then I'm prepping for this night concert. My band director comes up to me, and at the night concert, you play with Wynn Marsalis. He like sits in with the this, band. This day, this. <laughs> yeah, it was all one day. It was the craziest day. And so my band director says, "I have an idea. I'd like you." There's this old sort of tradition in jazz music of like battling. You know, like two trumpet players will battle each other and like see who can outdo. Yeah. And so he comes up to me and says, "I I think you should battle Wynn." You guys should like go back and forth. And I was like, well, I'm having a good day so far. So like, let's do it. Uh, so I'm two for two. Exactly. We were at, now it's David Geffen Hall, but it used to be Avery Fisher Hall. I'm like sitting there backstage. Winton is nowhere to be found. So I only see him when we're like literally about to walk on stage. And I have the music in front of me and I'm like, so I'll play here. You play there. I'll play here. And then we'll just like go at each other, see what happens. And we walk on stage and it was just like the most beautiful sort of culmination of the craziness of the whole day all of a sudden manifesting itself in one song. And we go back and forth and back and forth and we're playing music, but really it's sort of like you're you're talking at each other, yelling at each other. Yeah. And he's He had been such a big influence for me that I sort of was familiar with his language and he was listening to me and seeing where I was coming from. I, I'm sort of obviously the underdog, very much the underdog. <laughs> yes. So I've got the whole crowd cheering me on and he's <laughs> he's outdoing me, but then I'm trying to outdo him and the whole crowd's going crazy for both of us. And then we finish the song, you know, and I'm just elated on cloud nine, walk off stage, sit back in the audience, and then they announce the winners and, and my band had won this big competition oh that day. So at that point, I was just like ready to collapse, you know. <laughs> If I had been a few years older, like we would have gone out and had some champagne or <laughs> gone to any of the great bars I love in New York City. But at that point, I think we like went to McDonald's in Times Square. <laughs> we were just like, what just happened? But that was the day. And so we won the competition and we were all celebrating. And then I was like, oh, yeah, also, I guess I'm going to live here now. So then I moved to New York just a few months later and, and moved into the dorms, which were next to where Winton was living at the time. So he became a very close mentor of mine from that night on. I just this story I, this is so I, it, we've never had a story like this it's a wild ride but it's also just so inspiring and it's so new york and the hot spots you're hitting i mean david geffen hall juilliard going back and forth playing against winton marsalis as an 18 year old i mean right. three for three on a on one single day <laughs> It said the bar very high, though. I thought every day in New York was <laughs> yeah, going to be <exactly>. like. 
<laughs> so that was the best. We pinnacled at 18 exactly. ever since it's been complete downhill, just becoming a more famous musician and winning all these awards. <laughs> but I love this story. It really is just so fun. It is pure joy. I Wow. I don't even know what to add. I just, I want to see a movie of that. That is just so cool. I would love to see something like that. The song we did is on YouTube. Okay. We're going to have to link to that because I, I would just love to see that. You know, in every way, shape and form, New York can just eat you up and spit you out and that you're just running back and forth and you're in front of all these people and you're just keeping up and you go and you get into Juilliard, the greatest music school, I guess, in the world, at least in America. And then you just go back and play another performance against one. I mean, it just speaks so much of you. It talks so much about New York, the music scene, jazz. It's so fun. It's such a great story. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> I loved hearing it. It was a great day. And then <laughs> I just went back home and had to like what like do my final AP test, which yeah. is like a real downer after all that. Walking like with a chip on your shoulder, you're like I don't know if any of you've heard, but <laughs> okay. Well, considering all of those highlights, we now have to close it out with the last and final question, and that is, what is your favorite thing about New York? I think my favorite thing about New York has to be, I, I wouldn't just say the music, but I would say the the community of musicians here. I think is really extraordinary and unique. And there's so many different scenes of music. You know, I live in Brooklyn and there's so much inspiring music happening around here. And it can be jazz, it can be indie rock, it can be classical music, chamber music, new music, contemporary music, avant-garde music, whatever it is. I think it's it's a wonderful, wonderful place to live, which isn't always what people think of when they think of New York. They think of like the hustle and bustle and the nightlife and all this stuff. But I think there's there's so much beauty and community and, and the people that make this their home and and these community spaces that we have are so great. Yeah, I mean, I really don't see how you could have any other answer than that community giving all of the stories that we just talked about and how helpful and wonderful all of those communities have been for you. And now you're a part of them as well and paying back. And I think it is something that New York offers to us in abundance if we're willing to take it is oftentimes there are people yeah. who are ready, willing, and able to help. And we talk about it a lot on the show, the communities, and they keep us going strong. And yours in the music world is no different. It's a great thing about New York, and I love it too. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for so that fun. amazing wild story. It's just so <laughs> great. Thank you so much for being on. I love talking to you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Most of all, thanks, New York. They had fun. <laughs>